and welcome to Reliving My Youth, the show where we look back to pop culture from the 70s, 80s, and 90s. My name is Noel Fogelman. My guest today is April Harris Holmes. Now, April was a member of the band Seduction, and they had big hits in the 90s, such as Two to Make It Right, You're My One and Only True Love, Heartbeat, and Could This Be Love. April talks about how she got involved in the band. It was a whirlwind experience for her. What she did following the band's breakup and what she's doing now. It's not in the music business, but it's really cool. It's actually, it's pretty sweet. That's a little uh, hint right there. April could not be any nicer. We had a really good conversation, and I hope you enjoy it. And helping me relive my youth today is April Harris Holmes. April, how are you tonight? I'm doing great. Thank you so much for doing this. I really appreciate it. Uh, before we, we look back you know, to seduction and your musical career, can you just talk about what you're doing now? And I think it's fascinating, the whole uh, keeping you sweet uh, phenomenon you have going on. Well, I um, a few years ago, I started a company, a business company, focused on... Um, all natural, which is really what I'm about, all natural, gluten-free, um, and clean um, food. So I basically started it really because I was having such a hard time with um, the loss of my mom. And she was a caterer and a baker, an amazing cook. And when I took over all of her stuff, one of the things that, I would look at, or could look at, without it being too emotionally charged for me, with her recipes. And just seeing her handwriting brought me comfort. So I started taking her recipes and baking. And because we differed when it came to all natural and, um, you know, local sourced um, products, um, I just took her recipes and included my belief system into them and then I started making these cakes and I started with cheesecakes because that's my comfort food of choice Um, and then uh, I started making so many my husband said to me one day what what are we going to do with all this (laughs) bacon like we're going to put this on it's crazy every time I come home I just make like 50, 60 cakes it just helps me so much um, you know, I'm a Christian and I believe in God and um, that's first for me, but I still uh, needed something else that was close to her. So it was a way of bringing me close and healing and um, dealing with my grief. Um, and then so to do something with all the stuff that I was making and the creations that I was making, um, I started giving... Um, product away to anyone that I knew was trying to raise money for any um, type of organization that I believed in. And one of the things that I did was I participated in an event that uh, was given back to charter schools in the Newark, New Jersey area. And I made 450 cakes (laughs) for this event. Um, There were several thousand people at New Jersey Performing Arts Center. And it was November of 2016, and I was able to move all of the cakes, everyone for the cake, so I was left with nothing. But right. what was interesting is people started contacting me at this event asking for cakes for the holidays. And I didn't even think about it as a company. I was just thinking, 
let me do this because it trusts me so much and I'm able to give to people who need it or people who need to fundraise. So because I have received so so much um, so many inquiries about steaks that I had a sweet potato cheesecake and people were like, I never even heard of a sweet potato cheesecake <laughs> and it was so good and um I just, I, so I started making those for people who wanted to buy them, and I'm like, oh my God, this is crazy. So I asked a friend of mine who, who I knew was in the food business if he could recommend a restaurant or a store that I could just have them in and I can tell people they could buy them at this location. And he said, it was like, well, April, you have the type of product that's right for Whole Foods. Totally. So you should submit for Whole Foods. And I was like, I don't think... I don't, I don't even see that. I don't, I don't see Whole Foods. And he said, well, I have a contact for um, the regional office and the person that brings in the vendors. So if you want that contact, I'll send that to you. And I just thought that was the craziest thing. Um, and for me, I'm a 20-year shepherd of Whole Foods. So I didn't even think it was possible. Right. So I did reach out to her. And she said to me, she said, um, we are really... We're, really seeking gluten-free products, so if you'd like to submit it to our bakery team, we'd love to taste it. And I just thought that was so crazy. I couldn't even, it just seemed so far from me because it was not on my radar. It was not anything that I was interested really in doing at that level. Um, and so I just kept, you know, meeting with them and, you know, bringing them different flavors, and they were like, well, one day they sent me an uh, email, and it, they would contact me and then I wouldn't hear from them for a while but so that happened it started happening November 2016 so in January 2017 I received an email from them and I'm actually in a Whole Foods <laughs> and it says uh, we would love to partner with you in our Newark location that's coming March 2017 and I just fell to my knees I couldn't even believe it I started crying I was so happy I just started crying. The people were in the store. They were like, oh, my God, what happened? And I told them, and then they started, saying, you know, clapping, and it was crazy. Right. So this whole big scene in the middle of um, West Orange Whole Foods, it was crazy. Um, but that was the beginning. So in, in uh, March of 2017, I um, had product in a New York, in the New, York New Jersey store, and then a few weeks after that, um, they asked me if I could do five more stores, and then another week after that, they were like, can you do five more? So by the end of 2017, I was in 15 stores in New Jersey, and then um, at the top of the year, I added Harlem for 2018, and, and last week, I added uh, Chelsea and Columbus Circle, so it just keeps growing, so I'm so excited, it's just been such a great opportunity for me, and um, uh, it's Actually, I didn't even realize I was filling a void. There are no all-natural, um, gluten-free cheesecakes that are flavored. They are just the plain um, vanilla ones, but you know, none with flavor. So my flavors are apple cinnamon, banana pudding, key lime, um, pina colada, and sweet potato. Um, and there are a couple of Whole Foods about like 20 minutes each way from where I live in Connecticut. So make your way up here as well. <laughs> Yes, so that's what it's telling me, that the natural progression is when you start in New Jersey that you get some New York stores um, 
and then into the northeast region, which is the includes Connecticut. So, and I'm not, I don't even know if I'm ready for all of that, but it's just been amazing. And I just call it God's business because it's definitely was not on my radar as something that I would be doing in my life. So I know that it's um, fulfilling some type of purpose. And I get it, and I'm just riding with it. Because every time I want to quit, because it's really hard, the food business is very, very hard. Right. Um, something, the reason that causes me to quit becomes fulfilled. <laughs> so I'm like, okay, all right, okay, I will go on, and I'll go on, and I'll go on. So I'm committed to it, and it's so exciting, it's so different, it's so new, and but still very relative to music, because you always, you're always being creative and adding your flair to recipes and I just I find the connection um, a really smooth connection it just kind of they go together well oh, that's awesome and one, one of my all time favorite like desserts is uh, brownies and you have that I, I see as well so. I also have brownies yeah and brownies I wouldn't even think about it they, I just offered that I could do brownies and they said oh you can do brownies can you do a gluten free brownie yeah they said can you do a vegan gluten free brownie I said of course so I submitted those, and then so some of the stores ordered the gluten free, some of them ordered the vegan gluten free. So no, yeah, that, they didn't that, have it. Yeah, that's good. It's like like you said, it's music. You have like a ballad, and you have like a fast song. So you have the the brownies, and you have the uh, key cheesecake. You know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So yeah, I I love it. I love the whole process. I mean, like I said, it's a hard business and labor intensive, and I just have employees now in the beginning of that. Just family that volunteered and now, you know, real business, um, keeping you sweet. And eventually, I would love to offer, um, my, my thing too is I, I use natural sweeteners. I try to not to use um, refined sugar. So, all of the cakes come with an option of having a natural sweetener. Right. Now, was, you, was your mom a big baker or did she make like you know real meals or what what kind of stuff did she actually cook well she was a caterer so oh, okay. she um, had a catering business yeah and she was an amazing cook and baker she would be really baker too oh, okay so that's mm-hmm. that's cool so now yeah let's, let's... So her, all of her all of them except for uh well the sweet potato and the banana pudding are her recipes that i transformed into cheesecake so the sweet potato is really her sweet potato pie recipe that i made into a sweet potato cheesecake right right okay cool Cool. Now, yeah. So let's let's go to music now. Let's go. You know, a couple years. You know, in, in the past. Uh, how old were you when you first got involved in music? And like, who were some of like your influences growing up? Well, I they tell me that I've been saying since I've been talking. Right. So for my uh, relatives, they're like, you always saying. We always be like, why would she was shut up? Nobody wants to hear all of that. So. <laughs> From, I guess, a little, little girl, I've always been um, influenced by music because it filled my household. So um, there was always music, always food, tons of love. Um, so I've always, you know, been attracted to uh, performing in some way because of that. Um, my first, the first time that I knew that I could sing in front of people and it was good, I was maybe 12. And I sang Evergreen by uh, Barbara Streisand. And it was 
all my family came. It was a play that my sixth grade teacher had written for the class and performed it for the entire city. And I was the finale, and everyone was like, oh my God, you can sing. And I remember looking out when I was singing, and it felt so comfortable to me to be on stage and to be performing. And I remember my grandfather, my mom, my mom's father was in the audience. He was like this really big, strong man who I never saw cry. And I saw him cry. He was crying while I was singing. And that mm-hmm. for me was confirmation that this is what I should be doing, you know. And since from 12 on, um, I've always wanted to perform and sing. So how did you like take the next stop, next step professionally then? Okay, so from when I got that bug and I was on stage um, and I did that play called Rock and Roll is Here to Stay, I always thought that. that I couldn't get enough. Like, I, when it was over, I was like, oh my God, this is over. How do I get this again? So I auditioned for so many plays and anything that had to do with singing or pageants. So it was just always involved in things like that and being creative. And my parents were very supportive of it, so... Anything that I said I wanted to be in, um, they would just, you know, accommodate me. So I was in maybe like five pageants, um, and I had a music teacher when I was in school who uh, would take me to different gatherings, and he and I, he would play and I would sing, um, and that was always interesting to me, too, just to do like the old standards, like Billie Holiday, right. Benny Carter, um, style of music. So my influences when I was a teenager were really my biggest influence was Billie Holiday. Um, and probably my second influence was, uh, well, I would say Billie Holiday, Barbara Streisand, and Aretha Franklin were, my, um, were the people that I really looked up to. And the person that I would practice with was Betty Carter because she would do wrist and scat in a way that I had never heard before. So I would just repeat her. I couldn't do it. Like when I first heard her, I was like, oh my God, I can't do this. So I would just practice with her um, her scats and to try to, you know, mimic what she was doing. So those, and, and I mean, just from then on, I met, um, David Cole. Okay. As, uh, a family friend, like his sister was my best friend growing up. So, and we lived on the same block for about five years. So I knew David, and David was like a big deal in my town, in our town. He, uh, was an amazing pianist and an awesome vocalist. So he would always Christmas concerts, and one year he asked me to do White Christmas with him, and I was like, he to me was like, I don't know, like Luther Vandross, or like, he was like a celebrity to me, and he wasn't right. really a celebrity, but in our town, I come from Pacific, and it's a really small town, um, and that for me was like confirmation too, because I'm, you know, I was maybe, I'm like five years younger than David, and he was already, it was his finale in high school, um, so I wasn't even in high school yet, and he asked me to sing White Christmas with him, and he did it like a Ray Charles bluesy style, and it was crazy, it was, I couldn't, I was so high from that, I didn't come down probably for like three, four months, <laughs> it was such a beautiful experience for me. So I go from there to college, all through high school, always performing, always singing. I joined a band in, in college called Stratus, and we were open for people like The Whispers and Atlantic Star. And, oh, wow. Um, 
Yeah, so I had a lot of good experiences like that. And then um, the year that I graduated from Howard, I went to a concert at Radio City. Um, I love Asher and Simpson. Oh, so yeah, me too. To see them. And in the lobby, as I'm leaving, it is Robert and Dave, Robert Cole, David Cole. And David, is, I haven't seen David in like five, six years. And he says to me, oh my God, April, I have this girl group and we need a black girl like a thing. Can you come to the studio tomorrow? And I'm like, huh? He said, I'm going to call you later and give you all the details. And I said, okay. So he told me about it and I really wasn't interested because I didn't want to be in a girl group and I definitely didn't want to be. I really, really wanted to sing R&B. Right. So the music wasn't R&B, but everyone that I talked to was like, are you out of your mind? like, <laughs> Who gets an opportunity like that? Just think of it as a summer job if it doesn't work out, but do it. So I went and met um, with them in the studio with their attorneys. And I mean, you know, I just graduated from college. And my first job was to sign with Robin and David, then Properly Productions. And then we signed with A&M Records. That was my first job. So I met Dallas and Michelle and that, that the same day. And they were rehearsing to go on tour. So they were like, if you're in, you just go right in there and start rehearsing and you'll be going on tour. I'm like, how are we going on tour? <laughs> like, oh, we have a song out already called You're My One and Only and it's doing really well.
want to watch sing it, but it doesn't matter if it's recorded and then you guys will go out and sing. I'm like, oh my God, what kind of thing is this? So that's just how it happened. And I met the girls, we started rehearsing, and the next thing I know, it was just a whirlwind. We did the album in six weeks. It was uh, Two to Make It Right came out at the end of the year. It was old in like two months. It was just crazy. It was, the things that happened with that album were just um, pretty incredible.
they, they mentioned to you that they needed a black girl. Was that, was that like important for them to get like one of kind of like three different, you know, ethnicities? They had Michelle, yeah. who was the, you know, the white, you know, yeah. chick, so to speak, mm-hmm. in a Dallas, the Puerto Rican. So it was important for them to get one of each. Okay. That they wanted an interracial group. They really wanted an Asian girl as well. Okay. They just couldn't find one that fit, that could sing, and right. could do well, so in enough time, because they really had run out of time. They put this song out, and it was just zooming up the charts, and they didn't have a group. Now, was it, you know, because like, like you said, like, you know, Martha Wash did, you know, you're my one and only. Uh, was it, like, difficult for you guys to, to re-record that and try to get the same, like, feel of the song? Martha, of course, Martha, that sounds nothing like Martha. Right. So, um, and even for me, my voice sounds nothing like that. So if you have to make it sound like that, that's why I think that and during that time, that was, it, everything was producer-driven. Yeah. That they kind of lost sight of the artist. And so it, it was really, it was hard to kind of make that sound like that. And I mean, it went out of their way to make it technically just sound like that. So... Yeah. I don't know, it wasn't um, my favorite songs or, or my, I, I was just not into it. I was coming off of a live band experience and right. I just felt like everyone was talented, so why don't we just do things with Right, and then, you know, you had, I guess the second hit off the album was your biggest one, uh, To Make It Right, you know. It, yeah. yeah, number one on the you know, dance charts, number two, Billboard 100. I mean, like, you're, you're thrown into this group, and now you have, like, a number one song. <laughs> no, and it was not even a year. Right. <laughs> I, I think I joined the group in April, and by November, no, by by uh, February, March, because I remember it was my birthday, they had a birthday party for me and gave me two gold records. They gave me a gold <laughs> record for, it takes two, and a gold record for the album. <laughs> and I thought that was, I didn't even, I really didn't understand the magnitude of all of that until years later because um like i said i really came from a live background so i really wanted to do live music r&b music so it was really hard for me to be in a group like that but uh, when you make history you have fans because even now i do shows and i see people in the audience singing those songs and like you have to appreciate whatever has been given to you knowing now especially back then it was so hard to get a record deal like I know so many people who wanted that it never happened for them right and so for me I just feel grateful looking back that that happened and people still ask me to do things um, with music and I will I want to do the album that I've always wanted to do so um, and I will do that uh, you know after I finish or I should say after I settle this business keeping you sweet because it's all consuming. Right. Yeah, I was going to ask you about that now because they have those freestyle concerts that are all the rage. I've seen, you know, a, a, quite a few of them, and I, I'd figured, you know, seduction would be, you know, perfect for, for you know, for one of those tours. We've done tons of freestyle explosions, extravaganzas. Uh, I mean, I, I've done a bunch of them, and it is perfect. And the fans love it. Um, I haven't had all of the girls, so what happened with Seduction is that I trademarked the name so that it would have some only because people kept calling, asking for shows, and I was saying, we can't do the show because Michelle doesn't want to do it, Alex doesn't want to do it, and we all live so far apart from each other. 
you know, it's really hard to rehearse or get together. So I just got two girls and I did a nice little routine and I, I just go out with seduction when I'm asked to or I'm giving shows. Right. Are, are you still... Not as much now as I used to, but I used to do it a lot. Right. Are, are you still, like, you know, close with Dallas and Michelle? Yeah. 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 I'm closer to Dallas than I am with Michelle. But um, I, Dallas and I are really, really cool. We've spent a lot of years together, um, being really, visiting each other back and forth. Um, and Michelle, she just sent me, uh, <laughs> it's so funny, she just sent me something on Facebook congratulating me on the business, on the whole food business. Oh, that's great. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So sweet, we, we, we respect each other. Just three really hardworking ladies. We always work hard. Right, yeah, because, I mean, you know, all three of you had interesting careers after, you know, seduction. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Was, you know, seduction was a really hard group to be in because it was a pre-cab group. We really didn't know each other. And it wasn't built for longevity. Like most of the girl groups of that time, um, you know, it's just a producer-driven a vehicle for really a vehicle for the producer, not really for the artist. Right, and you, you mentioned like girl groups at that time. You know, Expose was huge. Uh, Cover Girl, Sweet Sensation, I think Pajama Party, right. and they, you know, all yeah. of them, all of them just had like three members. Like, what was the whole, you know, the fad of just having three member, you know, girl groups? <laughs> I don't know. That's a good question. I really, I knew, I knew when Vogue came in that there would be a difference because they had four girls, they were all black. Right. And I was like, this this is the group that's going to stand out, of course, until Destiny Child, but yeah. that to me was the group that was going to stand out. Destiny Child and TLC also. But um, I just, I don't know what the three girl thing is. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, you mentioned Envo, and they're un- they're incredible. I mean, you know, they yeah, yeah like when they when they came I in the scene, yeah, right, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> totally, yeah. But now, like one of like my favorite songs off that album is uh, "Could This Be Love," and that was like totally different from you know the other stuff about that. Was that like yeah, was that like a fun song to sing?
Definitely did. Now you mentioned like you like wanted to be like part of like you know a live group and stuff. So when you guys went on tour for that album, was that enjoyable? It was. It was. Um, but some of it, you know, I mean, you have your growing pains because when you first go out, you don't really get you know what you're supposed to do. But I tell you this, um, Michelle and I Dallas was really good performer. So especially Michelle, she just or she knew that. This was a good vehicle to become, you know, a, a, a great solo artist. So we were really three individuals in one group, and uh, we had a lot of good opportunities and opened for a lot of great performers. So being on tour was it was just a just a great time. That was, that was the fun of it. Right. All the other stuff, you know, at that time you had to do a lot of press. Right. It was just a different music business, so we really, you know, at the height of it, especially at, of uh, It Takes Two, just never really, how can I say this? We were, like, really a, a, really treated like a product. Right. So, you know, our sleep, we all were sick all the time because we never got enough sleep, and, um, you know, it's just, we were just always going. Yeah. No, yeah. Now, like being on the road, like you said, you were thrown together and you immediately went on the road. Was that kind of like a good bonding experience between the, the three of you to get to know each other? 
<laughs> I mean, the road is rough already. Right. So yeah. Getting you, that's not where you kind of get to know anybody. You, it's going to be, I mean, we have fights and arguments. Okay. And I, I would say all in all, everyone got along as best they could because everyone stayed in their lane. So if someone was a party person, they, you know, did their party thing aside from had to do our thing. What I will say is everyone was very responsible. So it was never any, you know, no one's not showing up for anything. So that I really liked about um, Michelle and Dallas, and then Sonoma, when Sonoma replaced by Dallas. Right. Now, when Dallas left, what was like, was it David and Robert's, like, choice to pick Sonoma, or did you, like, have input? Because I know... It was, it, it, yeah, no, it was their choice. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah. I didn't even know what was happening until I was introduced to Sonoma, and then I right. uh, was like, yeah. Yeah, but that was, like, towards kind of the end of, like, the, the band's run, right? Yeah, that was towards the end of it. And I think they kind of knew they were going to be doing... They had started doing other projects, um, and they were working on uh, CNC Music Factory at the time. So I think they knew that they were going to move on. And they really didn't, after that point, didn't really care about the group. Right. So then, uh, like you mentioned before, you you like own the rights. Was was that when you decided that you were trying to, to get the, the rights to, to the band? No, because when it ended, I was like, okay, well, I'm going to go do my Anita Baker thing because I want to be Anita Baker. Right. I don't, you know, I don't want to do a girl group. I, good, it's over. Okay, now let me do what I really wanted to do. Um, and it, it was difficult for me because at the time, um, you know, being in a pop dance group, it was either I would present pop dance music and try to do that. But it was a very divided music business, so if I, you know, being a black person, um, it was, oh, well, she's black, she should be in the black department, you know, right. and not doing pop dance. Um, what I know now that I didn't know then was, at the time, trying to cross over into being a pop artist was the hardest thing for a black artist. So I was right there, it's just that trying to do that um, going back the other way and do R&B wasn't working. So I started doing plays to, um, and, and plus we were still signed to Robin and David. So it took us a minute to get out of the contract and then out of A&M's contract. And by that time, there's really no play. I was just like, okay, I don't know how to, you know, manipulate or get back into the industry. So I, took, I just started touring with plays. Right, and then, like, you went, like, kind of back to, like, I guess, one of your previous passions, like, you know, touring and, like, Broadway yeah. shows and stuff like that. Yeah, 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 and doing national, you know, national touring right. shows, and um, also doing background, uh, and then I formed my own band, I had a band called Coffee, which was an all-female band, and we went on, a, the, the the biggest thing that we did was we went out, a friend of mine, um, Mark Batson, was the musical director for Police. Okay. And she wanted an all-female band to back her on she was going out with U2, um, opening for U2 on a European tour. And so he asked me if I would let my band back her. And, you know, I was like, of course. Yeah. <laughs> so then after we met, she said she wanted me to come out too because it was my band and that it would be easier for them to transition and then she asked me if I would, you know, just sing, if I would sing background as well. So, um, I ended up 
doing that with her for six months with you two, which was phenomenal. That was really an awesome experience. Yeah, I mean, it's... I've seen you too, and they put on an amazing show. So, and like that's like a production unlike anything. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was it was brilliant, and it was just you know when you get opportunities like that, you really, really have to be thankful, you know, for that. And for me, it was good uh, to see it and to be a part of it. But what I knew when the tour ended was that that group uh, that I put together wasn't the right group to do music with right. um, so it, then I, I, I no longer worked with them so right like that yeah yeah but now like since like technology has kind of changed everything you can basically record an album on your laptop a pro tools and everything like that have you th- like even I guess once your whole like keeping your sweet you know business kind of like settles and you, you kind of like have some time is that something that you plan to do like on your own you, you can basically do your R and B album you can be have your Anita Baker album right? Hey, I probably now would do like a more of a um seventies type album like you know like okay. Something like that, yeah. And I would do it live. Right. You know, th- yeah, th- that definitely sounds intriguing. Yeah, something like that. Because it's, it's what's missing. So something like what Sharon Jones has done. Oh, yeah. Um, and that's missing now with the Pat. With the yeah, I know, thing. yeah. Um, you know, and Etta James and, you know, so those kind of performances, artists who are no longer around but have, you know, been... Um, performing for audiences that no longer have that type of artist to perform to. Yeah, I, I saw Sharon Jones open for Hall & Oates about a few wow. years ago, and oh my God, she was so amazing. It was, it's, mm-hmm. it's, it's such a loss. I mean, she was such a talent. Yes. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, one last question. You, because obviously you made some videos, you know, for the app. Did you, like, enjoy making those videos, or is that also just kind of a process?
Right. I mean, he's huge now. Yeah, exactly. But he did, he did our little video for Heartbeat. And uh, I remember Idala saying to me, you know, this guy, he's not really a music director. He, he wants to do film, I can tell, because we did it out in L.A. And I said, how can you tell that? How do you know that? She said, I know, I can tell. And she was right. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It's a good thing you, that video didn't have any explosions in it or anything like that, like his movies. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Yeah, but keeping your suite, uh, you can, the website also you can purchase stuff from for the website, correct? Yes, yes. Yeah, and that's keepingyoursuite.com, right? Yeah, keepingyoursuite.com. Um, yep, you can order cakes for the holidays. It's interesting to be able to do that, uh, offer an online piece, as well as if you're in the New York, New Jersey area, to be able to go to, into a Whole Foods and purchase. Uh, that that is awesome. I'm really really happy for you, April. And this has been real real fun. So uh, thanks again for coming on, and I really appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. It's, it's good to talk about it. And a special thanks to April for joining us today. Go to keepingyoursweet.com for all your holiday pies, your brownies. I mean, Thanksgiving's next week already, which is crazy. I'm sure they'll be uh, a big hit at your table. If you want to follow me on Twitter, I'm at the first all one nine. Be sure to like the page of Living My Youth on Facebook. Go to iTunes. You can check out all the past episodes we've had. While you're there, please rate and review the show. If you don't have iTunes, the show can be found on SoundCloud, also on Podbean. A new episode comes out every Wednesday. And thanks again for listening.